Hello, I'm Scott Sasha. I'm Eben Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast, where we, we. with a big W-E, explore the big money issues <laughs> in the world what, what do you mean of sports. What do you mean the big W-E? That's the whole word. You just used the first letter. I'm big saying w. That's what I'm saying. Well, man. you did it's, the whole word. Well, that's a two-letter word. That's why you only need the one. Yeah. I got a word I, I said yeah, Four <laughs> letters. <laughs> Uh, Got it. <laughs> I feel like I'm home. Yeah, this, this is, we're just a good bunch. Uh, for, great topic to talk about, youth sports. And it is huge. What, $15 billion for a business annual? See, now, what, Scott what, has nothing to say about this I have this nothing topic. to say about this. <laughs> yeah. having, you know, let me, you know, should I tally up my weekend? Four days in Toronto. So we happened to fly this time. So thank you, Porter Airlines. But for... The boy, his mom, and me, that was about 800 bucks, 8 850 somewhere around there. Then we had the hotel. Yeah. Then, of course, the meals, Perkins in the hotel. That'll cost you a pretty penny. Then you have um, the baggage fee, of course, the rental car while you're there. Of co- I mean, this was a $1,500 four-day jaunt, and it's going on. Again and again, we're going back to Toronto in November. You've got—I don't even want to say what we pay just to play, the fee to to play hockey at this level. But it's, lots of zeros. How but, many coaches does your team have? We have three coaches on the ice, and I mean, including one former NHL captain as the head coach. And I, I don't even know if he gets paid. Probably not, because she loves to do it. But you know, there, there's coaches. There's ice time. There, there's sticks their sharpenings it's never ending well, i was going to say the equipment and just the travel alone you yeah. just mentioned it right from the get-go yeah. when you got to fly to xyz because it's not like around the block no and even when it's around the block for us around the block is like uh next weekend we have a game in philadelphia i mean we're talking two plus hour drive a two-hour drive we've got tournaments in buffalo we're going to pittsburgh we're going to new england this is this is the world of, of of travel sports. There are minor league baseball teams that probably travel less than. Yeah, exactly. We need a bus. We need a bus. We need a sponsor. We need a bus. That's it. A- sounds like it, you're. It's almost professionalization, right? Like there are yeah. youth sports out there, and and your son unfortunately is playing at a level where that happens. Uh, that that have you know have all the trappings of you know a professional, semi-professional uh, endeavor. Yeah, and I think the Times did a story a while back, and not that I'm saying this is happening here, thankfully, but about all the money. That's being stolen from the youth sports sure, organizations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's a pretty penny, too, because usually somebody volunteers, you get a treasure, whatever. It seems rife for that sort of thing because there really isn't check, balance, balance, or how much oversight is there really on the team coffers. There's none. Right? I mean, there, there's no—we laugh at the NCAA all the time. There's no NCAA for, right. for, for sports below— yeah. Below that, especially if you go beyond high school sports, you know, it does. It, it, youth sports lacks the integrity, the monitoring, the you know, the governing body that you know professional sports has. Even though, as we're talking about, the money is flowing heavily into into youth sports. Well, here comes naive Mike. Here he comes. Here I, I come. Again, Medina, we need theme. Anytime he proclaims himself something, we need some sort of theme music. <laughs> is this where the clown music comes in? I, I pretty much put the clown music uh, in everything. Uh, all right. Oh, whatever whatever he proclaims that. something. Naive, I don't know. I feel bad. Naive might get in the clown no, music. This, but this, right. is, this is a, from a naive old man. Yeah. Youth sports is a very big positive for kids because it teaches them, one, structure. Two, it teaches them, hey, listen. I can try my best, and I'm not going to win an award 
all the time. Michael Barr is the anti-everyone-gets-a-trophy guy. I, 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 didn't, I didn't see I'm, that coming. No, I, I'm sorry. I am. It's like, listen, It's a, yes, you try your best. If you don't make it, hey, it's a pat on the back. Let's go get some ice cream. Because that's the whole point of of, of sports or, or whatever you attempt. Yeah. You can do your best, but that doesn't mean everybody deserves an award. And I'm sorry. It, it's like for, for me, watching, watching the kids in the locker room interact – watching them at the hotel playing knee hockey, that sort of stuff. They talk about that. My son will talk about those moments far more than any of the games played, believe it or not. Right. That right. That's what sticks with them, the things they do off the ice together. So if you're talking about teamwork and camaraderie and fun, and yeah, I, I think it's a great, great way to learn those things. But you can't have that in a bubble. You no. know, and we talk about that when – when youth sports gets ruined, who's ruining it? It's the adults. Oh, that's you know, it's it's not it's not the kids. Yeah, that, those are the fools coming down from the stands. I, I've told stupid. you the parent. I mean, we see we see parents yelling at nine year olds for their lack of huff, hustle, effort, whatever it is, just absolutely screaming at their kids and telling them they're disappointed in them. Yeah, nothing nothing will ruin youth sports more than the grownups. Let's talk about the uh, Ottawa Senators. They had we don't do that every day. But let's just say it was awkward. Yeah, go ahead, Evan. You, you, you wanted to do this one. <laughs> we, we talked about it yesterday when we saw it. We're like, this is weird. I would strongly encourage everyone who's listening, if they want to <laughs> enjoy five minutes of their day, to look up the video that Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick did uh, with, a, with a player on the team, uh, Matt Borowiecki. Uh, it is a sit-down. It's very awkward the owner Melnick uses it as a as a, essentially his way to announce that the team is being blown up, that they're restructuring. He admits the team's in a dumpster. He says they're going to start 10, 10 out of the twenty five will be rookies next year. He's asking his player about the locker room culture. The guy looks uncomfortable. Both of them. Yeah, look you're wondering. Did he, I mean, the owner asked you to do something. I guess you have is to do it. Is he getting paid? Right. There, there is so many questions about it. Um, however. As awkward and as painful as it is, I think it's great. I really think that more owners should look at this. I wrote a column as a years ago saying kudos to Mark Cuban, kudos to Ted Leonsis. Like it or not, Mark lets you know what the thinking is. When he traded away, this is I'll point to this. Everybody who's ever thinking about buying a sports team, Mark wrote it might have been three thousand words when he traded Steve Nash, and everybody knows Steve Nash oh, was yeah. a fan favorite. In Dallas, whether you agree or disagree, whatever, Mark put out out of three thousand words, explaining why the thought process for months, the thought process that went into this is why we did what we did, and you fans deserve an explanation beyond well salary age. So I mean that sort of transparency, that sort of communication. In the long run, I think benefits a team, a fan, and the franchise. There's almost no, there's almost none of that out there. Right? Yeah. I mean, and it can backfire. Dan Gilbert, you know, wrote a, a very uh, yeah, but that didn't ba- you his know his Comic that, Sans but letter that didn't when LeBron backfire. left. That that, I mean, that from his fans' perspective, that's what they were feeling. They were happy to jump aboard the vitriol train when Dan wrote that letter because that's what they were feeling. It was bleep 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 you bleep you bleep you. Comic Sans, you suck. That's what they were feeling, 
and it probably helped them to know that he was feeling that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but okay. Is there right. is there a, is there, a, is there a, a comportment factor? Is there a, a did he get did he, I don't remember if he got fined for conduct unbecoming of an owner. I mean they do have that, but still, I, fans want to know that you're in that foxhole with me, and that's what Leonsis does every year when they were getting eliminated from the playoffs. Ted would write his missive on, oh, God, uh, we're trying, we're going to come back, we're going to, you know, we're going to make another run at it, and then he finally wins. But at least the fans know you're in it with him. Well, I guess that if you are the owner of any team, like you just said, you want your fans to know, hey, I'm on your side. Yeah. Wouldn't you like Michael Barr, after your season opening shellacking at the hands of the New York Jets, Mm. wouldn't you like to know what your (laughs) owners are do okay. you do you know? Ooh, I had to bring it up. We yes, thank you. Man, <laughs> Number of the week, own one. Did you see the faces, including mine, of all the people at Ford Field? We had our mouths open. If you're watching on TV, the same thing: head and hands together, and your mouth is open. It's like what in the Sam Hill just happened? I, I had a I had a guy. He's uh, old cold worker, and he sent out a tweet, and it was funny. I'm not going to lie because you you got to laugh because we're going to cry. And he said, I haven't seen the Lions play this bad since the last game. <laughs> so, I mean, it's oh. – And meanwhile, in New York, it's Jets are winning the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the fun of it all. Yes, of course. Uh, moving along as I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> this, this is now – this is really going to impact. Uh, Hurricane Florence uh, is obviously – directly looking at hitting the uh, U.S. Carolinas Carolinas, and also maybe a part of Virginia. And it's going to continue on, and it's going to impact college football, and it could also impact uh, pro sports. Well, Eben knows the college world better than anybody else, and – Evan, as you know, it's not so easy to just make up a game. Yeah, exactly. There are, you know, by my count, seven or eight games that have already been canceled. There's a few more that that, that probably will be. Uh, and this has, you know, it's not the, the most important thing in a hurricane for sure, but this has, you know, big financial implications for schools. There are there are schools that were hosting games who will have to refund millions of dollars of tickets. You know, that's money they were counting on. There are schools who are being paid to travel to games. Uh, that might not get that check. Uh, and for those schools, those are usually smaller programs. That's a big portion uh, that's of their an annual even, budget. That's an even yeah. bigger uh, that's an even bigger deal uh, financially. Uh, and and we don't even know fully what the ramifications are going to be. You know, two years ago when Hurricane Matthew came through, uh, LSU and Florida had a game that was canceled. They had to make that up because it was a conference game. Yeah. They right. both broke contracts later in the year to do it. So gave free paydays to two smaller schools. They played later in the year, and those two small schools that got free paydays ended up playing each other. Why not? They're like, hey, we both have an open date now. Why not? Let's just play each other. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so there, there is a cascading set of, uh, of changes that's going to happen over the course of the next couple months by virtue of uh, Hurricane so Florence When do we start insuring through. these games? There's insurance already, I'm sure. Uh, um, I would imagine that if you're a, a small school, yeah, you may pay to try to get, uh, especially if your game is in Georgia, Florida, Carolinas in uh, in early September. Uh, it's not uncommon, you know. We see these. It seems like every year. Irma last year, Matthew two years ago. Games get canceled. Let, let's test uh, uh, Novi Williams' bar. You think he knows force majeure 
clauses and contracts? Force majeure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course. Right, I, was reading, I was reading these okay. yesterday. All right. Well, uh, almost all these games have a force majeure contract, which, uh, you know, the act of God, which this falls into, which is the problem for a lot of schools. You know, it, it, this just nullifies the contract. Right. You know, and if you are South Alabama and you're, you know, relying on $1.5 million to go play South Carolina this year, I'm totally making that up. Yes. Um, yeah, that contract gets ripped up null and void if you can't get that game in. Uh, and suddenly, you know, that's $1.5 million in, a, in an athletic budget that's probably maybe $20 million. Right. And of that, $10 million comes from the school itself. You know, so if that is something you can't make up elsewhere, that's another $1.5 yeah. million that comes from the academic side of the and school. And the days of just going to the donors and saying, hey, we need your help. A little uh, tougher. Those, those are a little tougher yeah, these days. Exactly. Yeah. Like you can't just call bar. Can you cut us a check? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, and by the, and this is on a very serious note. And we do shows on sports, which is just that, on sports. But we're talking seriously, folks, especially if you're in the line of this hurricane. We're talking life or death. We're talking storm surges up to 30 feet, 20 inches of rain possible. Please stay safe. If you can get out of the area, get out of the area uh, and I know some people, hey, I'm going to try to to ride this out because I want to protect my home or my business. But this is serious stuff. So please, folks, uh, stay safe and prayers to you all. This is Michael the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr along with Scott Sosnick and Evan O.B. Williams. We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Jason Robbins, CEO of the daily fantasy and sports betting company DraftKings. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes.